The exciting thing about that for open Wi-Fi is that it gives us the opportunity to deploy indoor, outdoor, public spaces, indoor office complexes. So, you know, it's one trial that spans multiple verticals and multiple device types as well. Welcome to The Signal. This is Martha DeGrasse here for Wi-Fi Alliance, and this is our podcast where we give you the inside track on Wi-Fi. These are meant to be smart conversations with industry leaders. We want to deliver a new perspective on the growing portfolio of Wi-Fi technologies that we see changing the connectivity landscape. And we are super excited in this episode to welcome Jack Rayner. He is co-chair of the Open Converged Wireless Project group with the Telecom Infra Project, better known as TIP. Jack, welcome to The Signal. Thanks, Martha. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we've been looking forward to getting you on the show. So TIP Open Wi-Fi is an open source project, which is exciting in and of itself. Can you start by telling us a little bit about the project, the history, and which companies are involved? Sure. TIP Open Wi-Fi started in 2020-2021 timeframe. TIP Open Wi-Fi is a community of 300-plus like-minded companies, includes 1,000-plus individuals. And we have come together in the interest of democratizing premium Wi-Fi experiences. Some of the major companies that are involved are Meta, Deutsche Telekom, Boingo Wireless. They are the three main companies that provide co-chairs to the community. This community has created an open source Wi-Fi stack that consists of two completely open source software components. The first is a, a firmware we call APNOS. This is the operating system and other supporting software that make up the Wi-Fi access point, which is what the industrial and consumer devices will ultimately connect to. The second component is a cloud management framework we call our controller SDK or software development kit. This component is designed to provide basic management control and troubleshooting capabilities for the APNOS firmware. These two software components are specifically developed to work together and provide a full, complete managed Wi-Fi platform. So for the NOS, with that being defined in software, does that mean that commodity hardware can function as an access point or what? How, how does that work? Yeah, so we basically work with certain chipset manufacturers like uh -huh. Qualcomm, MediaTek, and companies like that. But essentially, if you're using one of those stacks, we are completely white box. So we disaggregated the hardware from the software completely. And so if the hardware is capable of running our APNOS uh, firmware, then you can uh, swap different SKUs of hardware out and apply the same software to it. Okay, great. And then the, uh, the cloud-based manager, is that usually on-prem or in a data center or somewhere in between, or how does that work? Yeah, it's a good question. It's fully cloud-native and mm -hmm. uh, can be deployed on-prem or on a private or public cloud, and it's fully horizontally scalable and supporting hundreds of thousands of devices. So it's a, it's a pretty big advantage that we provide from that perspective. All right, thanks. And can you describe in a little more detail how the community gathers together to create this stack? Sure. So on a daily basis, our community members drive this continuous process of creating requirements for the stack, turning those requirements into code, integrating that code into the existing production branches we have, testing it to ensure it works as intended, and then deploying it via our products into real-world environments. Because these two software components are developed separately from the hardware they run, the stack is completely disaggregated. 
Okay, fantastic. Let's talk about some of the industry verticals where this might be applicable. I can imagine it in retail, healthcare, sports venues. What are you seeing from customers? All of the above. One of our big advantages is that we're one stack and can be deployed easily across uh, all these verticals. So open public spaces like airports and parks, hospitality like hotels and restaurants, sports and entertainment venues, small and medium businesses, and multi-dwelling units like uh, densely populated apartment complex and condos. And why are these MDUs choosing Wi-Fi instead of an alternative? I mean, maybe they can't get fiber, but I guess cellular wouldn't be appropriate for them either, right? So Wi-Fi is the best choice for them? Yeah, I think Wi-Fi is the best choice from a, a client perspective. It's open and supported by so many devices. You know, Wi-Fi, as we know, has become synonymous with Internet. People say my internet's yeah. offline if the Wi-Fi doesn't work. And so, right. um, you know, Wi-Fi has just become such an important part of life, social activities and business and education, et cetera. And there are so many diverse types of clients that support Wi-Fi natively. I think the last time I checked, it was something like 18 billion devices. And so Wi-Fi is just naturally the best medium. Okay, so I think that's probably proven out in residential settings, but there are some enterprise settings where there could be some debate about that, but it sounds like that you're making inroads there as well, right? Yeah, I think it's both enterprise and residential. I think there are just so many devices types out there that don't support mobile connections, that don't support cellular connections, but natively support Wi-Fi. So even in scenarios where... RAN or cellular or mobile are a good fit, you likely have to have Wi-Fi deployed alongside it just because of the the diverse set of end-user devices that don't support those technologies. Yeah, that makes sense. So it sounds like you're talking about a lot of different routers and even IoT devices there, right? Yeah, so IoT is the big one, right? Uh, Most IoT devices not only support Wi-Fi only, but in a large set of cases, the legacy IoT devices support only the 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi network. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it really is a requirement to have Wi-Fi deployed. Okay, great. Well, let's talk about some of your specific deployments. I'm particularly interested in the one that you did in Ireland for Dublin. Can you start there? Yeah, so, you know, we work with the City of Dublin and Virgin Media in supporting the Wi-Fi for EU Smart Cities trial. And that's a different vertical for us. It's a, a smart city application. The exciting thing about that for open Wi-Fi is that it gives us the opportunity to deploy indoor, outdoor, public spaces, indoor office complexes. So, you know, it's one trial that spans multiple verticals and multiple device types as well. How did the city of Dublin even find out about what you were doing or how did you get involved with them? Why Dublin? It was really our our community, right? We, We reach everyone through our community and our community had connections with the city of Dublin and with Virgin Media and, and Liberty Global, their parent company. And that's the power of the open source community. Right. Okay, good. Now, I think another company that's been pretty active with you is Boingo Wireless, and they do a lot to support the armed forces. So do you, I think you have a deployment for some of the deployed troops. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And as I mentioned earlier, Boingo is, you know, Walt Shaw is one of the co-chairs alongside me and Open Wi-Fi. And Boingo has really been instrumental in helping to deploy and make people aware of the Open Wi-Fi stack. And they have taken this stack with one of our other partners in the community and deployed on military bases. And that covers both public areas as well as multi-dwelling type scenarios. So I think that's exciting as well. Okay, great. 
And then what about your OWF network in India? Can you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, we have uh, Spectra, which just announced that they're deploying open Wi-Fi. And again, that's uh, multi-dwelling and enterprise, so carpeted offices and densely populated apartment complexes. And that's going to be a fairly wide deployment. India is one of our, we have a lot of companies in India. India is going to be a great space for open Wi-Fi. Right. Well, yeah, there's, there's there's so much innovation going on across the board in India. So that's that's going to definitely be one to watch. Okay, great. Any other deployments that you want to highlight? I think the most recent one is Multinet. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's also pretty exciting. That's countrywide in Pakistan. And again, the diversity of deployment there is super exciting. Uh, we're public spaces, we're hospitality, we're sports and entertainment venues, we're retail stores. And so this is really um, giving us a chance to get feedback from many different deployment verticals. Okay, countrywide, how many access points are you thinking about? I'm guessing that doesn't mean like everybody in the country is going to be connected, but it's going to be all over the country? Yeah, it'll be all over the country. Um, You know, tens of thousands of APs deployed. And considering how new we are and how small we started, we're really starting to ramp up quickly. And we're 40,000 strong APs deployed now. And 30,000 of them are just this year. So, you know, we have a hockey stick type curve that we're undergoing right now. And this is going to be a super exciting year for us. Okay, great. Okay, so you're talking about 30,000, 40,000 access points, which is amazing. Any sense of how many users that represents or will represent? How many people will be able to connect? Yeah, I don't have a, an exact number. You know, we're a business-to-business solution. We provide the technology stack that enables the managed service providers to extend to the end user. We do expect a lot of customers in that regard. And so while it's hard to say how many end users will ultimately reach, the community is growing so quickly. We're currently about like 50% Kager or something like that. I fully expect our production deployments to follow suit. And just going by the fact that dozens to 100 users can be supported per access point, I quickly feel like we'll be in the millions of uh, end user connections very soon. Fantastic. Okay, great. Can we talk a little bit more about the different companies that are involved? You've mentioned your chip partners. I think you said Qualcomm, MediaTek. Who are your chip partners? Yeah, Qualcomm, MediaTek, Realtek. Those are the, the main three. And then we have a diverse set of what we call ODMs, so original device manufacturers, and they create the hardware. And uh, we have 10 now across the... um, 10? 10. We're up to 10 across the ecosystem right now, and and, uh, two of them are very new. But eight of those 10 have now produced uh, 52 different SKUs for AP uh, NAS access points. And those come in all different form factors, strand mount that support DOCSIS and indoor and outdoor and Wi-Fi 5, Wi-Fi 6, Wi-Fi 6E. Uh, We'll be working on Wi-Fi 7 soon. And so I'm super excited that we're up to 52. You know, we create new SKUs so often that I have to go back and check our hardware page to see what we're up to. I think I I was thinking we were up to 36 or something, and I I checked it out today in advance of this, and we are 52 now, which is super exciting. That is great. Okay, well, maybe you can't say, but is there a certain SKU or type of SKU that is selling the best? Indoor, outdoor, big, little something? Yeah, I think still the indoor 2x2 and 4x4s and Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 6E are in the most demand right now. So that's kind of our sweet spot. Yeah. 
That's good. But eventually, don't you think you'll do a whole lot outdoor? I mean, I do. Talk about that many people, it's got to be. I do, and I, especially for the Wi-Fi six gigahertz standard power. Once that all sorts itself out, I think. Uh, yeah. If, you know, in the AFC integrations, that's why we're we're really excited about that later this year. Yeah. Do you have any update for us on the AFC integration front? It's looking like Q3 to Q4 right now, and we're okay. we're talking with OpenAFC as a part of TIP as well, and so we're, we're staying thought, as yeah. plugged in as we can with that. And we're also working yeah. with some other industry organizations who we know are working on managed services around AFC. So I can't say anything specifically, but I, it looks like late this year uh, we'll be testing. Okay, and just for anybody who's not aware, that's the automated frequency coordination, right? That's to enable that spectrum to be shared with the incumbents, right? Exactly, exactly right. Can you comment at all on Meta's focus for the year ahead as far as like, are there, are there certain geographies or certain verticals that Meta's particularly focusing on with this? I don't think there's anything particular as far as vertical, but... Obviously, you know, Meta is excited about any kind of AR, VR type use cases in the enterprise okay. space and, you know, about six gigahertz network, which is getting deployed and Meta being involved in other tip communities. We're going to be doing integrations around Open AFC, which is the outdoor standard power six gigahertz network. And so I would say those are the main focus areas. Right, because that 6E can support the AR, VR, right? Yes, exactly. It gives us a tremendous amount of additional spectrum to play with there. All right. All right. Jack Rayner, co-chair of the Open Converged Wireless Project Group with the Telecon Infra Project. Thank you so much for being here on The Signal, Jack. Thanks, Martha. I appreciate your time. And that is our show. Don't forget to check the show notes for links to some of the resources we discussed today. And be sure to follow The Signal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music to get all the latest episodes straight to your device. For all things Wi-Fi, check out Wi-Fi Alliance. That's y-fi.org. I'm Martha DeGrasse here for Wi-Fi Alliance. Thanks for listening, and please join us next time on The Signal.